1: Blog Talk Radio.
2: Lucis Trust, a non-profit, non-political, and non-sectarian organization on the roster of the Economic and Social Council of the United Nations,
0: Inner Sight is simply seeing that which is always present, but not yet fully recognized. You have, within you, the ability to see yourself and the world around you in a new way with new eyes. So, stay with us, and together we'll look at the world and ourselves with Inner Sight. Our topic for today, The Great Invocation, Part 2. And before we explore this topic, I'd like to say a few words about Alice Bailey, founder of the Lucis Trust. Alice Bailey wrote 24 books of esoteric philosophy, and those 24 books are the main inspiration for the dialogue that you hear on this show. The following thought is also from the works of Alice Bailey. The Great Invocation belongs to no one individual or group. It belongs to all of humanity. Tens of thousands of people of goodwill throughout the world are using it every day. No one can use this invocation or prayer for illumination and love without causing powerful changes in his own attitudes and life situation. Or, excuse me, life intention. Now, last week we were talking about the Great Invocation, and as I mentioned, it was part one. And uh, we'd like to go forward and continue that. Uh, so Sarah and Dale, why don't you just uh, jump right in. <laughs> pick up where we left off and, uh, and yes, yes. give us more ideas about the Great Invocation.
2: Yes, we were uh, talking about uh, the Great Invocation line by line and stanza by stanza. The uh, Great Invocation's first stanza is an appeal for light. From the point of light within the mind of God, let light stream forth into human minds, let light descend on earth. And the second stanza, which we discussed last week, from the point of love within the heart of God, let love stream forth into human hearts, may the coming one return to earth. One thing that we should clarify as we resume our discussion is that there is a slightly uh, different wording between the adapted wording of the Great Invocation, which always closes the inner sight broadcasts every week, and the original wording. And in the third stanza, which we're going to discuss today, again there's a slight difference Our listeners will know it as, From the center where the will of God is known, let purpose guide all little human wills, the purpose which the masters know and serve. The original wording says, From the center where the will of God is known, let purpose guide the little wills of men, the purpose which the masters know and serve. Men, as we said, means from the Sanskrit manas, one who thinks. All of us are thinking entities, so men is inclusive, but the adapted wording is for those who feel that uh, the gender-specific wording is inappropriate. On, onward from that, the invocation of the will is a powerful uh, expression of human responsibility, what you say?
1: It's an expression it's a invocation to uh, for the little wills of men the, the our own particular wills each uh, each of us has a has this factor of will and uh, this is one thing that um, god has not taken away from us we all have our own free will but it has to be brought to a point of recognizing that there is a greater intention to that will than uh, our own little wants and desires. We are here for a very specific purpose of helping God to bring forth His plan into the world. And so as we talked about uh, love and light as two of the energies that are most needed in the world, uh, also there is a need, as it says in this stanza, for a certain degree of human will to uh, bring forth this plan and because it won't come forth unless there is a a strength and a sense of determination in the human mind in the human kingdom in humanity itself to finally bring forth these energies and manifest these qualities on earth as it's meant meant to be
2: I often think of uh, an image of gears meshing when I say this stanza. From the center where the will of God is known, let purpose guide all little human wills. As if our little will is a small gear that has to come into synchronicity with the greater gears of the plan, and then things can really move forward. But it's interesting, uh, in, in the West, and I think especially in a country like America, the idea of human will, human free will, is seen so much in terms of individual rights and freedom, the freedom to be and do whatever one chooses, and that is a divine right. But the Great Invocation is invoking the will to engage in something much greater than one's own little life and in this sense the will is very closely aligned with an act of sacrifice
1: right it's it's an invocation to um, uh, synchronize our little wills with the greater will of God and getting back to your 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 image of the of the wheels the gears and um, I mean, gears—two gears spinning will mesh together when they are spinning at the same speed. And he otherwise, Otherwise, there'll be a. to the army. Otherwise, there'll be a clashing. It was air force. I know, air was force. Excuse right. me. So there'll <laughs> be a clashing and a grinding of gears, and that's what happens when they don't mesh together at the same speed at the same time. So, um, in in a sense, it's it's kind of like that The um, there needs to be this sense of purpose and understanding that every human being has a divine purpose that is also incorporated in the divine will of God so this is what this uh, uh, stanza in the great invocation is attempting to invoke that energy of the greater will so that we will begin to understand that there is a greater purpose behind our little wills.
2: Christ in the Garden of Gethsemane, I think it was, Mm -hmm. made that declaration, that appeal, Father, not my will, but thine be done. And yet, for most of us, no matter how much our inner spiritual um, faith responds to Christ's submission to the will of God, We really want our will to be realized. I think we want our will to be an expression of the good, but it's still our will, what we think is best, what we believe would be most useful to develop in our lives, those circumstances that would best serve our purpose. And we can convince ourselves that our purpose is only to the good, and that might be true, But it's still keeping the energy of the will bound up within our own limited circumscribed view of the universe and the potential we have to serve the plan of God. To release our will into a real trust in God's plan to work through us is very difficult.
1: And one of the expressions of that will that is working through us now is the expression of goodwill. Goodwill is like the lower reflection of the higher will of God. And it's the human's, um, uh, it's humanity's, <clears throat> the ability, the the uh, the amount of will that we can muster at this time is, comes out as goodwill which is um, Goodwill is Love and Expression. Mm -hmm. And uh, it is the applying of goodwill in the world to building right human relations that is really uh, at stake here, and that is really what's behind this uh, stanza of The Great Invocation.
2: I think we can um, make it uh, relevant to people if they were to choose a particular situation or relationship which they want to be better, but they don't know what to do. They've tried everything and nothing seems to work and they know that the relationship or the situation is not right, but they simply have not a clue how to improve it. Try goodwill. Try approaching the person or the situation or the circumstances simply with an attitude of goodwill. Of love toward all parties not necessarily a personality warm and fuzzy feeling but genuine love of one human being for others simply because they are human and created by the one father that expression of goodwill somehow clears a path for new things to flow new possibilities new approaches new insights it's quite magical and that is an expression, as you say, of will and of purpose and of power. It's not a passive, benign, but kind of weak force at all. It's a mobilizing energy.
1: And it says also in that stanza, <clears throat> the will of God is known, let purpose guide the little wills of men. We don't know specifically what is the great purpose behind the will of God. That's an inscrutable layer of understanding that we just haven't uh, arrived at yet. But we can begin to see some sense of purpose if we try to understand that there is this plan of God working out. God has a plan in mind. Behind that plan there is a greater purpose, which is probably related to the purpose of the solar system These are all related uh, factions and energies, fields. And uh, so if we can broaden our own sense of will and sense of purpose, then we uh, begin there again to begin to synchronize with that great gear of God, if you will.
2: We also synchronize at that moment with the purpose which the masters know and serve. That's a reference to the spiritual hierarchy, the elder brothers, the kingdom of souls who guide and guard the evolution of our planet, but who must work through human beings because they cannot and would not override human will. They work by engaging human will And as we become agents of cooperation with the Masters, our little part is augmented a hundredfold by the power that flows through uh, the great ones like the Masters. So we are putting ourselves in a line of energy flow when we dedicate our, our little will to the greater will of God that can move mountains and work miracles
0: For those people who just tuned in, you're listening to The Great Invocation, Part 2. Available at no charge from the Lucis Trust, absolutely for free, are two pamphlets on The Great Invocation plus a beautiful four-color bookmark with The Great Invocation written on it. So it's a very nice gift. And the pamphlets go into detail about the meaning and significance of The Great Invocation and answer many questions that you might have. So in order to uh, get your gift, uh, all you have to do is give us a call. It's absolutely no charge, not even a shipping charge. You know, just call up and ask for it. Uh, call up one eight six six N Y Lucis is L U Lucis is L U C I S. Think of one eight six six New York Lucis, uh, or you can call one eight six six 695-8247 That's one 695 8247 All of our intersight programs can be heard on our website at www.lucistrust.org On the homepage you'll find a link to today's program which will be available for hearing in a day or two Last week's program is already available and many of our past programs can also be heard www.lucistrust.org. The theme of each week's program is posted in advance on our website, so you can see in advance what next Sunday's program will be. Uh, once again, to order a package of general information or to contact for us for any reason, including giving uh, giving you the gift that we offered today, call us at 1-866-695-8247. Uh, uh, donations are very much appreciated. That's what keeps us on the air, your tax-deductible d- uh, donations. So please help us out. We really need your help. Uh, send your donations. Check our money letter to lucas Trust, 120 Wall Street, New York, New York, 1005. Uh, I was thinking, with humanity's tendency to sometimes towards disharmony, um, Uh, disrespect, violence. Why is it that the hierarchy doesn't want to override our will? I'd I'd love to see them override humanity's will.
2: (laughs) Please, please do. I am not sure. I think that's one of the great mysteries of um, uh, life, that um, the human will, muddled as it is, wrongly oriented as it often is, has to somehow uh, be the responsibility of the individual human being. I think it has to do with the divinity that resides within an individual person. We're not just a a mass or a herd. Humanity has reached the stage of evolution where every atom, every cell, meaning every individual human being, has to become responsible and a cooperating unit in something much greater. If, if, the, if we are all one, and if the whole entire manifested universe is the expression of one life, then there is no separation, and that would imply that there can't be any opposition of human will and divine will. We all have to be engaged. And the idea of overriding human will sort of sounds as if we're beyond rescue, beyond salvation, and there'd have to be an intervention. But the idea of there being uh, an an utter unity behind the outer manifested world means that we are capable of coming in line. And gradually, I think we are. Human beings are Mm -hmm. becoming more and more responsible. And that's the, the next Stanza of the Great Invocation that is such a powerful one. It says, from the center which we call the human race, let the plan of love and light work out, and may it seal the door where evil dwells. Let the plan of love and light work out through the human race.
1: Yes, because humanity is kind of the middle stage in the long process of the evolution on this planet. And everything below of the lower kingdoms, the animal kingdom, the vegetable, and the mineral kingdom, are all moving towards humanity, and that's kind of their goal for those units of life and consciousness to become human. And in the long, long process of evolution, they eventually will, those units of consciousness, units of light, and uh, so, humanity has a unique position here as a mediator to work uh, at bringing forth the plan, because everything has to come through humanity.
2: The great question mark.
1: Mm-hmm. And the uh, the the plan has to work out through human beings and through human actions. And you mm-hmm. mentioned. Uh, about the, the will why are we why we still have free will why doesn't uh, God just come down and uh, show us how to do the, work this plan out and do it for us well I think <clears throat> millions of years ago it was decided that human beings in order to develop this will this capacity to develop our own will they had to give us free will. The the spiritual hierarchy could not, from henceforth then, could not interfere with human actions. So we have muddled along, we've made all kinds of mistakes and made horrendous mistakes, but we're learning from it.
2: And eventually we'll be a real powerhouse of cooperation.
1: Right, because we have to develop the sensitivity that will eventually... ...manifest this love and light in the world. Mm -hmm. And and in doing so, it will seal the door where evil dwells.
2: And that has to do with the center humanity uh, and its role in the plan. We speak of three planetary centers on Earth. Humanity, hierarchy, and Shambhala. Shambhala is the center for purpose and will, the directing center... Hierarchy is the center of love, of unification, inclusiveness, and wisdom. Humanity is the center of intelligence. The whole principle of intelligence is anchored in the human uh, level of evolution. And that's why man means thinking entity, one who thinks. Our job, our task is to think, to register mentally the plan of God and then to transmit that plan through our efforts, through our work, in a way that will foster the evolution of the lower kingdoms. I think that's why the concept of uh, Earth stewardship that is really taking fire these days, thanks to real servers like Al Gore and others, is so important when we see our impact on the world and the harm we've done. That's part of the awakening process
1: yes and it's um it's part of the awakening process, and that's that's what is will eventually help us to seal as it says to seal the door where evil dwells. Mm-hmm. Evil is not in in this case it is not some evil entity we're talking about it is simply uh, basically it's human selfishness and mm-hmm. it's human separativeness and the attitudes of hatred that uh, Keep us in the dark, that keep us bound to this material world and keep the light from shining forth through us. And it's once the soul begins to take control of the human beings and the light of love of the soul begins to pour through that human being, that whole thing, that whole will shift. And the evil will simply be driven back because it will no longer, be of uh, any use to us.
2: I think this this sense that human beings are associated with something evil, something that's really gone wrong, goes back to the dawn of time, the story of Adam and Eve and the fall, I think, and of uh, the Greek myth of Prometheus and the gods who acted up and often acted so badly are myths and parables and tales of uh, a sense that we have heard as a species but we don't really quite know how or why and uh, gradually the planet itself is demonstrating to us giving us a picture of our selfishness in the effect of um, uh, the warming of the ice caps the loss of whole species the starvation of a large portion of the world's population due to increasing desertification and so on. this is just making it utterly apparent that something has been interrupted by human selfishness.
1: Yes, and this is one of the the lessons that uh, we are learning that human will is given its its way, it uh, often too often will express its uh, self in selfish actions, and uh, this, is, this is what happens. You can see it.
2: But the, the idea that we had to learn to develop the spiritual will by being given free will, even though we would misuse it and use it for selfish purposes, to me that expresses an incredible amount of trust on the part of the creative energies that brought the worlds into being. We wouldn't have been given that will if we weren't capable of using it rightly. And I find tremendous hope in that. More and more we see how people are coming together in groups and working to alleviate situations that in past times would have been left to the church, to government, to God, to fix now more and more people realize if they want change, it has to start with them. And quite often they do so by forming groups.
1: And then there's this the last line of the great invocation, let light and love and power restore the plan on earth. And in there, that's kind of the, um, well, the wrapping up of what is really needed. And the... <coughs> interesting word here is restore Mm -hmm. the plan.
2: As if something had been lost.
1: And I think that was the case, but it goes back millions of years. We got off track uh, way back perhaps in Atlantean times.
2: Well, isn't the the ageless Mm -hmm. wisdom view that the hierarchy of masters then in those ancient times lived on earth Mm -hmm. and governed the world and human Mm -hmm. beings were responsive to those leaders but they were also without free will and self-determination. The human mind hadn't been awakened enough.
1: No, but there was a tremendous amount of selfishness because the little self was beginning to awaken and it didn't have the sufficient love to balance out the the lower mind and selfishness took over. And uh, so we had the... uh, the great tragedy of the flood of Atlantis.
2: Which is a pretty uh, understandable metaphor for the overwhelming (laughs) power of the emotions. The emotions are associated with water and the worlds were flooded uh, to show how dominant human emotion and desire had become.
1: And that's why we have to get back on track now and that's why it says to restore the plan because the plan at that time got off track and it was uh, delayed by human selfishness and greed.
2: So as we close this broadcast and the Great Invocation is is aired, everyone can listen to it and think about how it offers insight into ways we can cooperate with God's intention for the world and the part that humanity is meant to play in the unfolding plan.
0: Available at no charge from the Lucis Trust Absolutely free! Our gift to you: two pamphlets on the Great Invocation, plus a beautiful four-color bookmark with the Great Invocation written on it. The pamphlets go into detail about the meaning and significance of the Great Invocation and answer many questions that you might have. Give us a call at one 866 ny lucis Think of 1-866-New York Lucis or 1-866. 695-8247 That's one 695 You've been listening to Inner Sight. Now we would like to close with a world prayer called The Great Invocation. It's a call for light and love and goodwill to flow into the world and into our hearts. Let's listen for a moment to these powerful words.